Welcome back to your haunted holiday. I'm Lindsay. And this is Lisa. And did that sound weird to you? Because it should. This is a special episode, guys. We are flipping the table around. And I, Lindsay over here, I'm going to be the one doing the primary storytelling. And Lisa will be doing kind of more of my typical role, adding a little extra commentary to the story. I'm excited. And I think you're going to tell a story that I don't know too much about. I, I've definitely heard of it. And I know a little bit but I don't know a lot. So should be interesting. It should. So in the theme of Thanksgiving this week, it's not really the Thanksgiving spirit. I won't go that far. We're going to talk about Roanoke Island. And if you guys know anything about this story, it definitely involves colonists and it involves some Native Americans as well. And so definitely not your happy story that we like to enjoy during Thanksgiving, but hey, we talk about all things morbid and weird on this show. So prepare, prepare for our kind of mixed up Thanksgiving special. This is your haunted holiday at Roanoke Island and the Roanoke Island Inn. Okay, so we're going to talk about just Roanoke Island a little bit in general, specifically about the Roanoke Lost Colony. It's this like notorious mystery that's been around for years and we've never really figured it out. I'm adding in the Roanoke Island in here because although it's not necessarily associated with this story, I think it's a fantastic haunted hotel that you can stay at. It's right by where the old colony actually was. They even give you like free bike rentals that you can just ride a bike right down the street to where that colony stayed and who knows, maybe died, but let's get into it here. Um, and so we're going to talk about these, these colonists. So back in 1587, there were colonists from England that sailed across the sea and they settled on the island of Roanoke. With them, they had a man named John White. He was like the governor, right? So he was he was the main guy in charge. He was their leader. He also had with him his daughter on this trip across the sea. And so his daughter living in America on the other side of the ocean actually had a baby named Virginia Dare. We'll talk a little bit more about her a little bit later on, but this was actually, they believe, it is the first child of a colonist actually born in America. So how how cool is that? Crazy how old this is too, right? Like we're yes. talking about the 1500s. The Revolutionary War was a couple hundred years later, right? And so although it's not that old for some of our international listeners, for the United States, it is really old. So even more than your prime, you know, ghostly activity, I would say. 100%. And think about just colonies in general, right? I mean, it is so old. We're going back to 1587 when they arrived. And that's a lot of history. Think about all the things that this land has been through over the years. So definitely sounds like possible haunting potential here, especially with this mystery that we're going to get into. So these colonists are there. There's about almost 120 of them in total that are actually all there together living on Roanoke Island. And they realize that they really need some more food and they need more like supplies. And even they want some more people to come over. And 
throughout this time that they're there, there's been a couple of like really minor run-ins that they've had with the local um, Native Americans that are already there on the island. Nothing super dangerous or anything that has become a huge ordeal, but it does sound like there are some run-ins and it's not super friendly either. So in the meantime, John White needs to go back to England to pick up more supplies and, and that kind of stuff. This is only a month like after they got there, they're already sending him back for more stuff. That had to suck because I bet it took a really long time to get here from England. And then you got to just turn around. Like I hate even like <laughs> having to turn around when I'm halfway to the, to the office. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot my cell phone. Let alone, we need these critical supplies. I'm going to have to get on a boat for a month. It's probably even more than a month, I bet, because you have yeah. to go there and back. So it's like a round trip. I mean, I just cannot even imagine. Can you imagine the people complaining, John, we really need you to go back. We we are going to need some more tools and, and whatnot. And who knows what that conversation was like, right? But so ultimately, it's about a month later, he heads back to England to go get some supplies. As he leaves, there's about 115 people in total there on Roanoke Island living their lives in this colony. It takes him almost three years to return. So imagine he was just there for a month. It takes him three years to get back. And the reason for this, apparently there was some conflict happening between England and Spain. Spain has this huge Spanish armada, of course, and sailing through that area apparently caused a huge delay. So here, John White, he finally gets back. He's probably excited to see his daughter, his granddaughter as well. And he gets to the colony and no one is there. They are all gone. There doesn't seem to be a sign of anything happening. It looks like all the supplies and most of their belongings seem to still be there. It doesn't seem like people packed up or even that there was some sort of violence that occurred. There's no bodies. There's nothing out of the ordinary. The only thing they did find, I've heard, is that on a tree, there was actually the word Croatan or C-R-O. It, it's really more legend. We don't know for sure that it said that, but that was one of the few clues. Nobody left any notes behind. Nobody left any maps. Nothing, right? So he's very confused about where they might have been and gone. So he decides to start sailing around kind of south and north looking for them. And he goes on a couple of different excursions, not being able to find anything. Now, I guess there were some storms and stuff that kind of hindered some of his exploration efforts, but in the end, he wasn't able to find a thing. No one to this day has found anyone, you know, back then saying, oh, I am one of the original colonists from Roanoke back in the day that maybe moved. Nobody has found any bodies, nothing. So this is the mystery. This is the lost colony of Roanoke. Ultimately, John White was looking for them for a while. He ended up sailing back over to Europe where he eventually passed away. And so now we have this mystery. Where did they go? Wow. And they were on an island, right? So, I mean, it's limited to some degree where they're going to be able to go. But, I mean, there's so many things that could have happened. But what's really mysterious is that they didn't pack anything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes right. me think something horrible 
must have happened there. Possibly. And it sounds like maybe they packed a few things, but in most things seem to be in place. I mean, it's like if you're watching a murder mystery program, right? And they always say the police go and they search the house and the woman's purse was left behind. Yes. It's still on their kitchen countertop. And immediately when I hear that, I'm like, uh-oh, this person's <sighs> gone. Yeah, <laughs> they're dead. Something horrible happened, right? And this is the equivalent, but in colonial days. A much, much larger scale. So there's a few different theories that I'm going to get into about what people think happened to this colony of folks that just went missing out of nowhere. One of them that's out there, I am not even going to say because it is totally out there and ridiculous. But there is one that most of you will probably think is a little bit ridiculous, maybe a little extraterrestrial kind of thing, which we have never gotten into on this show. So I'm excited to bring that up. So the first one, you know, I talked about how there were some run-ins with the local Native American tribes on the island, is that maybe they were attacked and all killed, and that's what happened to them in the end. But then what happened to their bodies? See, now that's the exact question that everyone asks. Why would that tribe take the time to either clean the space so well that there was no sign of even violence, right? You would think one person, there was 115 people there that went missing, right? One person would have escaped or run off or something, you would think, right? Right, but over the course of three years, would that person have survived to tell their their story if they were yeah. the one escapee? And they are on an island. So let's say that, you know, some brutal massacre occurred, right? Maybe there was a hurricane that came through and flooded the island. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, what could have happened to their bodies? Well, I mean, I happen? thought the same thing. I thought, what about, like, a tsunami or something crazy, right? But but then you would see their whole camp and everything would have been destroyed. Yeah, that's true. The only other thing I can think of, if it was an attack by Native Americans, they would have had to, like, round them up and and walk them or, you know, transport them somewhere else to kill them and then bury them or whatever. Or maybe they took them as prisoners. Okay, so this is another theory, which is more that they integrated into a peaceful tribe. So remember, on that tree, the word Croatoan was actually inscribed on that tree, they say, supposedly, right? Well, there was actually a Native American named Manteo that traveled across the ocean with John White and on the initial journey. And he was part of that Croatoan tribe. And that was on a different island, but it wasn't super far away. And eventually he ended up going and rejoining them. But this was a friendly um, person. They actually had decent relationships with them. And so that's actually another theory that they actually had a friendly, they decided to pick up and move and go join that tribe and live among them and in, in, in that and whatnot that was never really explored by John White so it's it's a possibility I mean I think that could make a lot of sense especially if they knew somebody already from that tribe and maybe they were in trouble they ran out of food they didn't know how to farm the land for example right and they needed some assistance they might go seek that out what if wait a second you said that they lived on another island not that far away right mm -hmm. what if they decided to go find them and they built themselves like a little 
boat, like a raft, like Gilligan's Island type situation. And they ended up dying at sea because they were in search of some other friendly native to be able to help them. Maybe, but why would they bring all 115 people? Yeah, I don't know. So it's certainly a possibility, though. This might be the one that I kind of lean towards. And one of the reasons is back in 1888, there was a group of natives of the Croatoan tribe that actually came forward. They were asking for some sort of assistance of some kind. And ultimately, they said, hey, listen, we are descendants of the lost colony of Roanoke. And that's what they came out and said. Now, archaeologists actually did explore Croatoan Island back here in like the mid 2000s, not that long ago. And they found artifacts that look like they are from Europe, kind of around that time, maybe a little later, they think possibly, but it's kind of uh, looking like possibly there were some Europeans there with some things that they might have during that time frame. Hmm. Interesting. I think, hey, it's the nicer of the many possibilities that could have happened to these people, right? Absolutely. You know what? You When you brought up the boat thing, you know, because it is another island, maybe that's why they left so much of their belongings behind because yeah. they didn't have the means to transport all of it. Maybe I didn't even think about that. I think that's an interesting thought, right? Because how are you going to put all this stuff on there? That's interesting. So I think we just solved this, Lisa. We can stop right there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've got a couple more theories that I've got to go through. So the third theory is that possibly they moved to the mainland or they like they moved inland off of the island for one reason or another. Maybe it was just that they ran out of food. Apparently there was a pretty serious drought that time of uh, that in that year that they were there. And so maybe they just really needed to move for resources and they moved inland. Now, listen to this last theory, okay? There, there's a couple more theories. I'm only going to name one other because the other one is like, it's so ridiculous, guys. Well, I don't <laughs> think you can say that and not tell us what the really ridiculous I, Let me one just is. say that I think we can rule zombie plague out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would agree. I'm glad you said it, though, Lindsay, because as absurd as a zombie plague is, you can't just say... I can't even tell you this because it's so ridiculous. Me and all of the listeners would have had to Google it. And you just saved us all a bunch of time. Right. I'm happy to mention it briefly. I mean, I, I was watching this. The, BuzzFeed has these really great videos about paranormal and mysteries and whatnot. And so I was watching it. This was one of the scenarios and I just had to crack up watching it because they they give some evidence about, you know, some experts that say, well, it could have happened. I mean, it was an island. The zombie plague could have been contained, right? And it's like, come on, guys. Impossible. There would have been, think about zombies. Uh, that's a mess when they eat a body. <laughs> like we would have found bodies. <laughs> so they cannibalize themselves. And that's why there are no bodies. That was the guess, right? I mean, there's a plague, so they can't... Okay, we've clearly gotten way more into zombie apocalypse than I planned on, but that's okay. What do you think about this last theory I'll bring up, which is alien abduction? I mean, I do believe in aliens. I mean, I don't know if they're coming here. I think it's very likely. I, I mean, the the universe is so vast, right? There's... 
so many possibilities. Like, like it's way more unlikely that there are no aliens anywhere in the universe, right? I think the question mm-hmm. is, are they coming down here and are they abducting people? And right. that I don't really have an answer for. But I will say there are so many accounts from people that have either seen UFOs and we've seen something quite unusual in the sky over Myrtle Beach, which is not that far. Yeah. And so many accounts from people that say they have been abducted that you gotta you gotta be open-minded to it yeah i will say you know just as a paranormal believer in general i believe that aliens very likely could be visiting us i mean i I don't know that for sure um i don't think it's likely that these folks were abducted i mean there's 115 of them that's a pretty massive abduction and then typically they get returned to earth in the stories that you hear i mean like where did they where did they land them back Right. I I have not heard too many stories of people not being returned. But I mean, you never, you never know. I'm open to the idea, but here's what I'll say. I think the idea of them being massacred somehow is way more likely. I think the idea of them integrating into a local friendly Native American tribe is also much more likely than that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I I think it's extremely unlikely. So yeah, I'm going with they more likely integrated with the Native Americans on Croatoan Island. Um, I think that's likely, but I'm going to go with massacre. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So I think that, you know, we have our predictions, our guesses of what happened. And a lot of this story I'm going to tell you guys today is really based around the mystery. There are some ghosts sprinkled in here, which is what I'm going to get into right now. But ultimately, the mystery is what's so crazy and the likelihood that they were massacred there. And there was probably violence there and the likelihood of hauntings just in general. And you'll find that uh, Roanoke Island, as well as the Outer Banks, just in general, they do have a lot of like ghost tours and it sounds like hauntings and it's a big Halloween town. So all kinds of history there, including this mystery. The first ghost I'm going to talk to you about, remember Virginia Dare, the first baby born by someone from Europe in the Americas, okay? 
clearly the locals there probably agree with me that they actually migrated to Croatoan Island and integrated with those Native Americans there because the local legend is that Virginia Dare still haunts the island in the area of where the colony was originally. And where the colony actually was originally is at a place called Fort Raleigh. Apparently Virginia Dare, they believe, was integrated with those Native Americans and they believe that there was some sort of, they, every website that I read about this called it like a witch doctor. I doubt that's real, but who the heck knows, right? But they said that she had had some sort of a conflict with this witch doctor. She grew up to be a really beautiful young woman. He put a curse on her and turned her into a white deer. They call it like the white doe that people spot all around the island, apparently. Um, locals, people who visit apparently have spotted it and they believe that this is Virginia's ghost wandering the island for the rest of eternity. Well, that is a new one. It is. Never heard of that before. So we're if we go here to Fort Raleigh, we need to keep an eye out for a white deer because even in the afterlife, Virginia is still holding this form. Yes, that is what the story is. The story is that she wanders the island in that form and she'll continue to do it forever. Wow. That fort is open 24-7, just in general, the grounds. So you would be able to go there at night, bring your EMF, bring your K2, your dousing rods, whatever you want, and hunt for ghosts. Because here's the reality. There is some bleak history in that location. Maybe you'll run across Virginia, but maybe you also could run across a different spirit, whether that even be a colonist or a Native American that lived there or anyone that lived there over the hundreds of years. And if you agree with my theory that they were all massacred, any of those colonists could be there. Any of them, right? The other place, though, which is really nearby is called the Roanoke Island Inn. This is a super cute bread, bed and breakfast that is right on the beach. Okay, so this is another perk. Not only is this cute little bed and breakfast haunted, it's right on the beach, guys. So ultimately, here's the story. And this is right down the street from Fort Raleigh, which is where that colony initially was, was located. This place apparently was built in the 1860s. And it was built by Asa and Martha James. They had a son named Roscoe that apparently sometime in the early 1900s, he lost his job where he was working as a postal worker. Apparently he was really embarrassed and extremely distraught about the fact that he had lost this job that apparently he had loved. And so he ended up staying in this hotel and he became this like recluse and essentially like locked himself in his room of this it wasn't initially a hotel. It used to be just a house. Okay. So he locked himself in this room and stayed there and, you know, just in the house reclusively until the day he died. So he, this man has this extreme tie to this building in this home that's now this bed and breakfast. Apparently, some really common things that people will run across are seeing a man in a postal worker uniform. Oh, that is creepy. It's kind of terrifying, actually, the postal worker uniform. I don't know why that's scary because thank you to all our postal workers, but it's scary. I don't picture Roscoe as being a happy spirit. No. And I mean, I guess it's, think about it this way. I guess it could be thought positively in that 
he loved being a postal worker so much that now in the afterlife he's like eternally back to his dream job that he loved maybe i picture him like standing like angrily in a hallway (laughs) that's just the way i visualize possibly not the case at all but in general they will hear footsteps pacing hallways in this hotel they also will have radios turn on and off un you know unexplicably which is very common that we hear in a lot of these hotels that are haunted they also will run across like the blinds in the windows moving on their own without anyone moving them So just really typical haunting types of things. Remember, this place was originally built in the 1860s. What do we call that? That's like prime ghost years. I mean, yeah. Anything that is early 1900s and further back. I mean, I feel like the the further back it gets, the more prime ghost years it is. In order to get there and cost and all of that kind of stuff. So I mentioned earlier that Fort Raleigh is open 24-7 as far as actually the grounds. You don't even need to pay anything, I don't think, to get in there. But in order to stay at the Roanoke Island Inn, it is about $198 a night at the low end. They do have some like small cottages and stuff that you can stay in to have more people um, with multiple bedrooms and those are going to be more I think I saw like up to some 300 and some dollars at the at the most but 198 seems to be the starting level of this particular bed and breakfast nice I mean it's a little pricey but it is right on the beach right I mean that is a huge perk if you're somebody who likes the going into the ocean do we know is there a specific room in this place that Roscoe our postal worker friend we should be looking for no there are no specific rooms that i could track down that are apparently more haunted than another but apparently you can see roscoe pretty much anywhere in the hotel but he does like to pace the hallways it makes sense because sometimes you there may be a room that's more haunted but if you don't hear that it usually means it's kind of happening all over the place Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this place is one of those that, you know, we don't have enough information to do a full episode on. It's not one of these like notorious places, but it definitely has ghost stories. There are some even TripAdvisor comments out there about staying in a haunted hotel. So it's notoriously haunted in that area on the island. Some of the amenities that they include, which I loved this amenity, Lisa. So they have bikes, like little beach cruiser bikes for free. You just check them out and they're included for all their guests. They even said that you could just ride right down the street and go to the place where the original colonists were living. So you could literally just hop on a bike that's provided to you, zip right down the street or even go to the beach. They also rent out free beach chairs. They have towels for you. So They have the works. This is such a beautiful, super cute house on the beach. The last thing I'll talk about, which seemed to have really good reviews, and it seemed to be something that you could really bring in in order to get the full ghost experience. There's this company called OBX Ghost Tours. You can just Google it. Their website, I'm sure, will pop right up. OBX, like Outer Banks. So OBX Ghost Tours. 
they have really good reviews. People tend to like it. In fact, one of their stops is, in fact, the Roanoke Island Inn. And they basically do a walking tour of the Outer Banks, the island all around the area, and tell you about the mysteries, the ghosts, all the spirits that are right there in that area. That might be a really fun thing for you to do. Their website lists that it's a two-hour walking tour. So wear really comfortable shoes, but it's only $20 for adults and $18 for children. My gosh, I love it. So you get the best of all the different worlds, right? You get the free fort that you can go to, to see a ghost there potentially. You can stay at a bed and breakfast and then go on a tour while you're at it. I think it sounds like a great little vacation to the beach. Well... Roanoke Island sounds amazing. I mean, it's on the beach. It's in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I'm sure it's a beautiful vacation destination, but also a ghostly and a very mysterious one. I mean, this is one of those mysteries that a lot of people have heard of and we've been wondering about for years and years. So definitely go check it out. If you've been or you've been on any of the tours that Lindsay talked about, we would love to hear those stories. So please send us an email. You can email us at yourhauntedholiday at gmail.com or you can go to our website, yourhauntedholiday.com and go to the contact us link right there. I hope that you all enjoyed this kind of mixed up episode. I can say that I did. And be sure to check us out on all the different social media platforms. We are on Facebook quite a bit. We have a lot of followers there. We like to share updates on our episodes and send different messages to our users. We are very responsive on Facebook. We also have Instagram. We have Twitter. And definitely, if you are listening to us on any of your listening platforms that allows you to leave us a review or stars, please, please take the time to do that. It makes us so happy when we see a new review come in. And we just love to hear from our listeners, whether it's about an episode we did, a suggestion for another episode in the future, or even just a random ghost story. We had somebody send us a video of them playing checkers with a ghost just the other day. It was pretty darn cool. So please send us all of your stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone, please enjoy and have a very happy and safe Thanksgiving.